Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful David Colby. David, are you ready to do this? I am ready and willing and excited. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. Let's do this. David is the CEO of Colby Corp, an organization helping people to build on their instinctive strengths. I'm excited to have you on. David, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, let's see. I guess I'll go in order. Personal life. I'm married, four kids, two of them in college, two of them in high school. Um, you know, that's probably good on that work. Sure. Um, I am the CEO of Colby Corp, uh, which a lot of people assume I founded since it's my name, but actually my mom founded the company 45 years ago. Um, I started working in it as a, as an adult about 20 years ago and I've been CEO. I never really know when I became CEO. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really big on titles, but it kind of evolved into that eventually. Uh, actually trained as a lawyer and was a lawyer in private practice for a little while before I started working in the company. Got it. And why is it that, that you've spent 20 years doing this? You know, I'm really lucky because what we do at Colby Corp is we help people be better at being themselves and be more successful um, in a way that really works for people. Um, it's not about, you know, pain and sacrifice. It's about figuring out who you are and tapping into that so that you can achieve the things you want to achieve more easily so that you can, you know, move on to the better things. Sometimes people think, oh, well, that just sounds like you're not willing to sacrifice. No, 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 that, that's not it. It's sacrifice where you need to, you know, deal with the, the difficult challenges that will come up. But wouldn't you rather have a the, the simplest, most straightforward way to be productive and solve problems so that you can tackle the next challenge rather than stagnating where you are. Well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> it I think is. That sounds, yeah, right. <laughs> That's, yes. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I'm very fond of saying that I, I want to help people live how, how, how they want. And I think that it's impossible to live how you want if you've never asked yourself or really thought about what what do I really want my life to look like? And it sounds like sounds like that's really what you're helping people do also. And I, I, I love this this idea of instinctive strengths. So I'd love to talk more about that. Yeah. So very broadly speaking, there are three parts of the mind. And this concept goes back thousands of years, literally to Plato. Um, and many people have talked about it since. But the three parts of the mind, broadly speaking, thinking, feeling, and doing, or maybe more academic-sounding words, thinking is the cognitive, feeling is the affective, and the doing is called the conative. So two of those, uh, you know, the listeners have probably heard of before. You know, the cognitive, gosh, that's how smart you are. Uh, some of it you're born with. Some of it you learn along the way. And there are, you know, thousands, millions of tests on cognitive abilities, everything from your third grade spelling test to an IQ test, SAT test, all kinds of cognitive assessments. Um, 
The next one is the affective. It's the feeling. It's the motivations, the preferences, the desires. And there are, you know, dozens or maybe even hundreds of tests that measure that. So people are, you know, a lot of people have heard of the Myers-Briggs, the DISC, the predictive index. Sure. Um, and, and, and more clinical ones. Those are more kind of consumer-friendly tests. What we at Colby Corp look at is this third part of the mind, the conative part. So it's not thinking or feeling, it's doing. It's the way you take action. And what my mom figured out, Kathy, so I'll just call her Kathy because in the work context, it's always Kathy. Um, <laughs> what she figured out is there are patterns to the way people take action. And what we've seen is they don't seem to change over time. We've done test retest studies going out over 20 years, and it's a very consistent trait. And these patterns drive the way you take action when you are free to be yourself. Now, look, the real world doesn't always allow us to be free to be ourselves, but we are most efficient, most effective when we can tap into those instinctive strengths and do things, take action, solve problems in the way that fits with those. So, for example, I'm what we call an initiating fact finder. What that means for me is I need to gather information, uh, become an expert, do research, and share that information and the data. Uh, if I'm put in a position where I don't get to do that, I'm not so effective. So that's really what our company is all about, is helping fit people figure out what are those set of instinctive strengths they have, and then learn how to apply those strengths to the things they care about the most. So we don't, we don't work with people to tell them, well, this is what you should want in life. What we say is figure out what you want. And yes, if we're consulting with them, we may help them with that a little bit, but that's not really why we exist. Figure out what it is that you want to achieve, whether that's in work or personal life, and we will help you do it by understanding this part of you that, frankly, no one's told you about before. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that uh, I don't know that, that I had ever heard the term cognitive mind before. So, is Yeah, that... it, we, it, it's pretty obscure. Again, literally, the concept goes back thousands of years. Uh, the word cognitive uh, comes from the Latin. Um, but people really hadn't talked about it, I think partly because it hadn't been measured. Um, so when you learn how to measure something, People focus on it a lot more. That's true in business where you have your goals. You know, the more you put your goals out and write them down and measure them, oh, well, you know, we want to increase sales 10%. Well, great. Guess what? You're more likely to increase sales 10% now that you're measuring it, tracking it, focused on it. Well, about 120, a little more, 130 years ago, we got pretty good at, at measuring general intelligence through essentially IQ tests. Um, so, man, people really started to focus on that. How can we teach, you know, and we've always been teaching cognitive skills, but once you could measure it, people really focused in, and in the workplace, people focused in on that. Then about 70 years ago, we got pretty good at measuring the affective part of the mind. So Myers-Briggs was one of the early ones there. Um, and we've developed all kinds of affective measurements. So on the clinical side, the MMPI, um, you know, that, and, and all kinds of things. So because we could measure those things, they got talked about and they were theorized about. People hadn't separated off this third part of the mind so much and measured it and talked about it. So when Kathy did that, um, we were able to tap into something that before had just kind of been sitting there. 
And the way I try to explain it to people, because a lot of times people are skeptical. They're like, well, I haven't heard about it. You know, is this just some, you know, fad? Like, no, it's not a fad. goes back a long way. Um, and really, do you want to compete? And again, that that's competing maybe with other people in business. But do you want to operate even in your personal life where it's not necessarily a competition with only two or three parts of the mind? So you're essentially tying, well, you don't have three hands, but if you did, it'd be tying one of your three hands behind your back. Um, that's craziness. People, yeah. you know, people don't do that in normal circumstances, but they just haven't been exposed. So um, I guess getting back to why do I do it? Because I know this exists for people and I know that when they learn it, they will do better. So it's kind of bad if I sit around and don't work hard to help expose more people to it. Yeah. It's a, it is, it is a responsibility or an obligation for sure. Yep. So, all right. Um, we can use you as an example or just like how, how that will actually practically help somebody who's listening, understanding how it is that I like to do things or what I, what I'm best at doing. Right. Yeah. So, um, what you want to do, what you like to do is that's not what we focus on at Colby Corp. So that's something. So for instance, let's say, um, you know, you grew up and your dad was into finance and taught you at an early age how to, you know, look at the stock market and invest and you just have a passion for it. You love finance and, and investing. Great. So if that's the given, that's just what you are passionate about. That's what you want to do. What we at Colby Corp help you figure out through something we call pretty simply the Colby A index. That's what measures your cognitive strengths. Um, we help you figure out the way you will do that. So with me as the example, I mentioned I'm an initiating fact finder. So I do tons of research. I delve into things. You know, I, I don't just make a guess at stuff unless I have a, a big background on why I'm making that guess. Um, another part of this, uh, so I, I mentioned, I think before we, we found patterns, we've found what we call four action modes. So fact finder is one of those action modes. Follow through is another one. Well, my follow through strength is being very open-ended and adaptable. So I adapt, um, adjust really quickly to different circumstances. So I, I do the research, but then I don't have to stick with the plan. So, you know, in this COVID era, um, running my business, of course, we had a plan for what we were going to do this year. Well, that got thrown out the window in March. Well, one of my strengths is being able to adapt, adjust, take shortcuts. I don't have to stick with the plan. So if you apply that to finance, I'm not the kind of person who should really map out a 10-year strategy and be very disciplined about sticking with it and make sure that I check off every box all, the long, all along the way. I need to have some flexibility, some open-endedness. Um, and I can go through the other parts of me, but I don't want to take too much time just talking about my sure. MO, my strengths. But that's kind of a little taste of how do you apply it in that work context in terms of investing. Yeah, no, I appreciate that very much. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I want to mention one other thing because you know, we as a company mostly focus on business and our, our clients are business clients. Um, but we also have applications for the personal side of things. So you don't change who you are when you are working versus when you're at home. You are the same person in terms of the way you take action. And one of the things that's most consistent when we talk to our clients 
and starting here with business clients, when we ask them the biggest difference that we've made in their lives, inevitably their personal life comes up. And that usually is in either parenting or their marriage or, you know, serious romantic relationship. Um, so an example there, my wife and I are very different in, in the follow through. So I talked about myself as a you know, very open-ended, adaptable, flexible person, what we would also call a counteracting follow-through. My wife is at the other end of the spectrum. She is very organized, systematic, uh, develops a plan, sticks with it, down to little things. On her nightstand, uh, she will have one book. She's an, a voracious reader, but she reads a book, she starts it, she finishes it. Um, if I notice that it's taking her a long time to finish a book, I know what it is. It's because she doesn't like the book very much. And it <laughs> used to be that I would, you know, when we were newly married, I would think, what is she doing? Like, this is not some school assignment she has to finish. <laughs> I'm the other end of the spectrum. I, I read not as much as my wife, but I read a bunch of stuff and it will, uh, I, I won't necessarily finish. You know, it's just something I want to do. I don't need to finish it. She does, not because there's a teacher grading a, a, an exam or a paper that she has to write. Um, it's just a difference between the two of us. And when we learn about that difference, the reading books thing doesn't really matter so much. But having a marriage together, having a family together, we understand each other. I don't get mad at her when she sticks with the plan or when she tries to make me you know, follow her schedule because I know that's what she needs. Yeah. And likewise, she doesn't get so mad at me when I mess up her schedule it can still be frustrating but when we, now that we know it we can make an extra effort when i know her plan is really important to her and she can cut me some slack when she knows i'm over scheduled and over planned yeah i appreciate that and <laughs> knowing knowing that information about about yourself i think uh, clearly will will serve you in every aspect of life um i think that i i, I recall i'm not going to be able to tell you correctly, uh, but one of the key indicators of whether or not somebody's going to be happy at work is the level of, of, of autonomy they have to be able to, 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 to go about their work. And I would have to imagine that this is a benefit if somebody actually knows how they want to do things would be, would probably, and then able to actually do it, would probably give them that sense of, of greater autonomy professionally. And that would be a win for the individual as well as the employer. Absolutely. And some of that's uh, the autonomy, you know, that can be driven by a boss or just, you know, the way the, the work is set up. Um, but I think the key here is having the autonomy is great. But if you have it and don't know what to do with it, you're still in trouble. Yeah. So, yes, we help companies understand people will be more effective when they have autonomy. But in terms of the, the company or the boss, we can explain to them. But here's what you can count on. So it's not quite as scary from the boss's perspective to give people autonomy because they know what they're going to be able to expect. And from the individual's perspective, so, you know, the, the listeners, if you're thinking about this, what you need to know is the autonomy is great, but can you, uh, it, if you have autonomy, but you don't know your strengths, you don't know how to set up the job so that it's a great fit for you. So what we see is a real key driver to partly happiness, but really productivity and success in a role is, how well do your strengths match what is being demanded of you on the job? And I think that's where the autonomy comes in. There's an assumption that if you have autonomy, you can make it fit who you are. But if you don't know who you are, you'd be surprised how often people really aren't able to do that well. No, I, I 
I 100% agree. It's great to have that autonomy, and it's better to have that than not. But it's like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and we learn stuff from, well, lots of people, our parents, our mentors in, in business. But if you just think about learning stuff from your parents, I mentioned before in terms of what people like, you know, so a lot of times you like and want to do what people you respected were doing growing up because you think, oh, that's cool. I would, you know, that would be so amazing if I could do that. Um, you also learn the way to do things from those people. Unfortunately, uh, your instinctive strengths, your Colby A index results don't seem to match your parents very closely. We aren't <laughs> sure exactly how you get them. They seem to be fixed in place, but it's not like, oh, well, if my father or my mother was like this, I'm going to be like this too. That's a little unfortunate because a lot of times people learn that they are supposed to take action in a way that fit for, for one of their parents or their mentor in business, but might be a really terrible fit for them. Um, and that's a really hard thing to give up. One of the things that I actually love about my job is when I do work with somebody who says, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I feel like I'm free for the first time or I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I've heard so many times that I'm supposed to be, so here's a very common one, people who are what we would call initiating quick starts. These are people who are natural risk takers. They experiment. They try things out. Well, you know what happens when you experiment and try things out? You fail. Right. Uh, and a lot of times they're told when they're younger, no, you shouldn't be like that. You should, you know, Find something, you know, stick with what works, you know, find, find one thing, stay with it. Um, don't take these crazy risks, um, follow a path, you know, set out on something that somebody else has told you to do. And they feel like they're, they're boxed in. They don't have the freedom to, you know, do what they, some of it's do what they want to do, but some of it's also just do, do it the way they want to do it. Um, it's okay. And when they learn that, and another thing that I think these people often feel is a little bit of, of imposter syndrome. You know, they're taking these chances and it works out and great things happen and maybe it's financial success or whatever, however they measure it. But they don't know that they can necessarily repeat that success. And they feel like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a fake. I just, I, I, I was lucky. Mm but I can't necessarily do it again because I know I failed other times and well, that's okay because that's part of who you are. Yeah. You might, you know, if you're a serial entrepreneur, you might start a business, do really well, sell it off, start another one and fail. It doesn't make you an imposter with your first success. It just means that's the way you need to keep at it. And don't listen to the naysayers who are saying there's only one right way to succeed. That's just not the case. There's your way and you've got to figure it out. I love it. So how, how does it actually work? Is this something I do online? Is it I need to come into the office? No, it's we've I'll give a little bit of the history, partly because I'm I'm that initiating fact finder who loves to share information. <laughs> it used to be pretty tedious and cumbersome and you had to fill out a paper and pencil test and mail it and we'd score it and send results back. But no, we've you know, the Internet obviously has changed all that. So it's online at uh, Colby, K-O-L-B-E dot com. Uh, it's the Colby A index is really the best place to start because that tells you about your own individual strengths. Um, costs $55, takes about 20 minutes to take, and you get the results immediately. Um, they're written. There's also an audio component, so turn your volume on if you're if you're listening and watching, you know, reading your results. 
Um, and then it goes a, a long way from there. There are different applications. The, the marriage relationship is that a website takes to takes TWO.com. Um, we do consulting for businesses to look at how teams fit together, how you can do better at selecting people to bring onto your team by knowing what their cognitive strengths are and the job that they're, they're going to be in and see if that's a fit ahead of time. Um, and for that kind of stuff, it's best to probably go to the website and shoot us an email or give us a phone call. Nice. I love it. Well, David, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making difference, difference making tip. What do you have for them? You know, I've kind of said it already, but the, the difference-making tip is take the time to understand who you are. This wisdom literally goes back to the ancient Greeks. Know thyself. There are three parts of the mind you've spent years understanding the thinking and feeling part. Take 20 minutes to understand this doing part, the way you take action, and then give yourself the freedom, the autonomy to tap into those strengths so that you can do better at work, you can do better in your personal life. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. And that's that's that is well said right there, David. I think that we have spent so much time figuring out thinking about what what it is we think about things and then what we're feeling, but I know that uh, not enough of us, certainly myself, haven't tapped into the to, to everything you've been talking about. So I love it. Well, give us the website one more time. It is www.kolbe.com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show David your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to colby.com, K-O-L-B, K-O-L-B-E dot com. And if you're an individual, you can take the Colby A for $55. You get the results back right away. And if you are a company trying to get your team um, better, more efficient, happier, uh, shoot them an email and they'll be able to connect with you. Thanks again, David. Thanks, George. Great to be with you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.